Now it's time for the Disney View podcast. Please move across your car to make room for everyone. Our podcast will begin momentarily. Join Dave as he makes his Grand Circle tour around the Walt Disney World Resort. Dave is a dreamer and an engineer who enjoys the magic and wonder of it all, but understands Disney's place in history and respects the legacy that's been left. Come along and hear Dave's thoughts about Walt Disney World and see it through Dave's eyes. Please stand clear of the podcaster. Por favor, mantenganse alejado del David. And now, here's your host. Hey everyone, it's Dave. Welcome to another edition of Dave's Disney View Podcast. Well, one of the questions I get from time to time has to do with my favorite restaurants around the Walt Disney World property. And it's always a tough question to answer because best kind of has a relative meaning for me. Sometimes it's about the food, sometimes it's about the environment, sometimes it's about something else, something intangible about the restaurant. It's not necessarily about either of those two things. So it's the quality of the experience that makes it fun. So I was thinking about it as I've been thinking about my Epcot review and looking at all of the different pavilions in Epcot, and it occurred to me that I should do a top 20 restaurants in Epcot. Now, it's interesting because Epcot has, oh, 45 to 50 places where you can get something to eat. And that includes all the little stands and everything else. But there's a lot of different places there. So narrowing the list down to 20 was really kind of tricky. I had to leave a few things off that I might have liked. There are a couple of places I haven't tried yet, though I intend to. I haven't gotten to them yet, so they're not on my list at this time, but they could be in the future. You never know. So I look at it and I say, okay, so what are my top 20? The criteria are very simple. I start with the overall experience. What was it all like? Was the food great? Was the ambiance great? Was the experience great? What was it about it that made it really unique? And I kind of rate them down going that way. So I'll go through my top 20, and you may have your own top 20. This is my personal top 20, what I like. I think even my wife would think it's a different top 20. My kids would certainly think it's a different top 20. But I think as you look at the list, you realize that you know we could all have a debate about this. Some of them you'll say, yeah, that's definitely on my list. And some of them you'll go, what? Why, why would you pick that place? I know the list is completely subjective. Everyone's going to have their own opinion about what constitutes the top 20, much less the top five. So you'll just have to bear with me. I'm going to explain to you why I I like some of the places I like. You may say to yourself, you know, I've never tried that place. Maybe I should try it sometime. Or you may say, oh my God, I hate that place. And uh, you may never, never want to go in there again. That's okay. That's what makes this fun. I would suggest you tell me what some of your favorites are if I left any off the list or if maybe I got them in the wrong order or you think something should be different. Just tell me. I'm curious to see what you think. So let's get started. Dave's Top 20 Restaurants in Epcot. Number 20. First on my list is the Beer Garden. Now you may have noticed that I talked about the Beer Garden in my last uh, podcast about Germany. And so it's kind of interesting, kind of fresh in my mind. And it's been a while since I've eaten in there. But I love the setting. You feel like you're sitting outside. You're enjoying the uh, outdoors and really just kind of uh, enjoying a a kind of a cool summer night or a cool fall night uh, in Germany. Now, I don't love German food, so this one doesn't rate highly for me in terms of the food. But I like the experience. There's a certain thing about the camaraderie of it all. I'm not a huge drinker either, so I'm not sitting there and I'm not drinking a lot while I'm sitting there. But I love the experience of sitting there and hearing the band playing and uh, meeting with other people at the table next to me and enjoying some good food. It's kind of fun, and I'm sitting quote-unquote outdoors, and it really is interesting and compelling. And it's, it's just a fun place to go that has one of these um, 
certain fun factors to it. There's a, you know, some places you go into just because they're interesting and unique and different. And that's this place. The beer garden is like, you know, it's a people eater because a lot of people can go in there and sit at one time. And it's just fun to sit there and just start talking to people. And now I come from a large family. So some of my fun memories of early days of Epcot were when we all ate in there together because it's a, uh, it's a large space and, and it was able to easily accommodate a large family. So it was kind of nice to be able to go in there and be there as a family and maybe take up two tables with a few other people mixed in and just enjoy ourselves. Now the food is served as a, um, as a buffet. So you have to get up and serve yourself. No problem there. I have no issues with that. If you don't find anything on the menu that suits you, you can always talk to your waiter or talk to the chef or let them know ahead of time that what some of your dietary restrictions are, and they will help you to find something or make something for you that, uh, that really works. Number 19. Next on my list is the garden grill. Uh, this one is located over in the uh, land pavilion, uh, in the future world section. Now, uh, this one used to be, it used to be called the Good Turn at some point in time. And I liked it as the Good Turn. It was a lot of fun. It was, you, know, you would go in there and you would, uh, you would go eat and you would kind of sit there as, as the restaurant was turning and overlooking uh, a lot of the, uh, the land pavilion where you were uh, overlooking, listen to the land. Oh, I'm sorry. It's called living with the land now. Excuse me. I still think about it the other way. But uh, the food was always good and I enjoyed it. Now, more recently, it's become a uh, character meeting uh, space where you meet Farmer Mickey and some of the other characters, and the um, food is served family style. Now, the food itself is just okay, but there's something kind of neat about sitting up in this restaurant and just kind of revolving around and just kind of enjoying the views and, you know, kind of taking it all in. It's a slow turn, and it's, you know, just feels nice, and it's just kind of comfortable, and, you know, the it's, it's just the experience of it. It's not that there's anything great about it. It's just the experience and having some fun as you're kind of going around and uh, enjoying yourself. And of course, having character greetings is never a bad thing, right? Number 18. Next on my list is the Rose and Crown. Now, this is located in the England Pavilion and the UK Pavilion at uh, the World Showcase. I like this place. There's something kind of neat about uh, sitting in there and feeling like you're in a pub in England. And uh, the menu is very limited and uh, there's not a lot on there, but there's some good dishes. And uh, you can get fish and chips, of course, um, though I'll get to another place that's got better fish and chips in a little bit. But you can get fish and chips, or you can get shepherd's pie, or you can get a little sandwich. Um, there's a couple of other dishes that they have, and they're good. You know, it's a good solid meal, and it's just kind of fun. And if you want a pint, you can order a pint uh, while you're sitting there and eating. And there's just something kind of charming about it. It does feel like you're in England, to a large degree, um, like you're in a pub. And there's something kind of neat about that. There's, there's a certain charm to it that, uh, that I think I really like. And it's just one of those places that I enjoy going into from time to time just to take in a meal. Now, if you're not interested in sitting at the, uh, at the table and eating, you could certainly just go to the bar. And um, I believe you can order appetizers from the bar as well. So you can do that and uh, have a drink and order an appetizer. Number 17. Next up on the list is the restaurant Marrakesh. This is in the Morocco Pavilion. This is the sit-down restaurant. So it's a giant dining hall. You're sitting in this giant room, and in the middle of the floor is a big space where there's a, a, almost like a dance floor. And so you go in, and you, uh, you order some food, and they have some nice shish kebabs, and they have some nice uh, shawarma, and they have some lamb, and they have some other things. And it's, it's, uh, there's some nice uh, food that they're serving there. Um, you know, not for everybody. I know some people's palates don't like some of the spices and so forth, like the Moroccan spices. But I find it to be really nice. It's just got a nice, you know, richness of the flavor. There's, there's a nice heat that comes from some of the stuff, but not really spicy. And I really enjoy that. And uh, it's, a, it's a lot of fun. And when, at various times during the evening, when you're there for dinner, there's a belly dancer that comes out and actually starts dancing. And that's always kind of fun. You sit there and you just kind of enjoy your meal and you watch the belly dancer and you, you enjoy yourself. 
And there's something, you know, very nice about it. It's just a pleasant place to go, and I really enjoy sitting in there and uh, just uh, just enjoying the meal. It's uh, it's a nice place to go and just kind of relax a little bit. Yeah, it feels kind of welcoming in a way. Number 16. Next up on the list is Chefs de France. So this is an authentic French bistro that uh, has something that's very similar to what you would see in France. It serves... Um, Escargot to profiteroles, which um, are a couple of things. Escargot is, of course, uh, snails. Some people don't like that, but I happen to like it, so it's something that uh, that's kind of fun. There's some windowside tables that allow you to look out over the France Pavilion and out over to the World Showcase Lagoon, which is kind of nice. Um, so you can sit in the um, you can sit in the front and actually look out and feel like you're in, on a uh, French bistro, or you can go into the middle or the back and have a uh, have a place where it's a little more away from the hubbub of the World Showcase, but you feel like you're in a French bistro. You really do feel like you're in one when you're sitting in there. It's kind of fun to sit in there. Something I didn't mention about some of the other pavilions as I talk about these, when you're sitting in any of the pavilions in World Showcase, they're staffed by people that are from those countries, almost always. So you can sit there and you can listen to people uh, with French accents talking to you about the, the menu and telling you all about it. It's kind of neat to be able to sit there and just, when you stop and think about it, how neat it is to be able to have uh, something that feels like you're in France to a large degree, right here in Epcot. And if you're lucky, the servers will bring around a, a rolling table that has Remy on it, so you can meet Remy while you're dining. Number 15. Next up on the list is La Cantina de San Angel. Now, this is the outdoor restaurant in the Mexico Pavilion. It's uh, kind of, as you come around the corner across from the Chichen Itza, you go in and you, uh, you're actually outside. But it's an indoor restaurant. It's a sit-down restaurant. And they serve... Uh, authentic uh, Mexican food, and it's really pretty good. There's a nice assortment of things. But what makes this restaurant really special is the fact that you can watch illuminations from there, and uh, you can get a good seat. It's a good location. They pipe in the music, and it's a fun place to watch it, and uh, you can really enjoy it, take it in, and it's, it's a pretty cool place to be. And like I said, the food is good, so there's something to be said for it. Number 14. Next up, I'm going to take you back over to the Land Pavilion. And in the Land Pavilion is a place that's called Seasons. This is on the first floor. As you walk out of Soren, look to your right, you'll see it. It's actually a number of food stations that are put together. And this is actually kind of fun. So it's sort of a quick service thing where there's many different types of food that are available. So if you walk around for a minute and you look at all the different types of food that are there, and you walk up to each station and look at their menu, I guarantee you'll find something that's of interest to you. And you can kind of mix and match a little bit. A lot of times they sell uh, combos and they have a couple of things they put together. You can kind of pick and choose what you're looking for. So you could pick one from Station A and something else from Station B. If you want, say, you know, spaghetti and french fries, you could find a way to put that together for yourself. So it's kind of neat because it's, it gives you a little bit of flexibility and a variety in what you do. And there are some interesting dishes there if you stop and look at the menus. That's, you know, that's the thing. The first time I went in there after it opened, I looked at it and I went, wow, this is nothing interesting. You know, there's nothing here that I'm, that I'm interested in. And then I went back again and I actually studied the menus a little bit. And I went, wait a minute, there's a lot more than meets the eye here. There's some really interesting things. And once in a while, I've seen cooking demonstrations happening out in the, uh, the main seating area uh, where there's a chef that comes out and works mainly with the kids and uh, shows them about making something and they, everybody gets to sample it. And it's kind of a neat way to approach it because you're learning something about cooking and you get to experience it and you get to see something different and it's kind of fun. So it's, it's got the fun factor there in a way. And when you go and you get your meal and you just sit out in the central part of the, uh, the main 
area in the first floor of the Land Pavilion, you can still kind of experience what it was like when the Land Pavilion first opened with the, uh, the four balloons above your head and the big open space there. And some of the things that they may have had in mind for what the Land Pavilion may have been uh, come to mind. You kind of evoke that memory of it when you're looking around because you think, wow, what could this have been? What were they thinking it was going to be? It's not really clear what they, what they were going to do, but it's kind of neat because there's so many things there. Uh, and as you look around, you realize that you're in a place that could have been so much more. Uh, it had so many possibilities in terms of what it could have been. Number 13. Next up on the list is Tutu Italia. And this is in the uh, Italy Pavilion, as you might expect. This is kind of a fun place where they have um, sort of, it's sort of like an Italian eatery. And you go in and you have a nice variety of different menu items that would be more traditional Italian dishes. So you can get some pastas, and you can get gnocchi, and you can get uh, other types of meats and so forth. And it's really kind of fun to just sit there and feel like you're in Italy in some way. There's, you know, multi-courses, and there's a lot of different things, and there's breads, and there's flatbreads, and there's, you know, other things that just make it kind of interesting. And I really like the, uh, the ambiance and the decor. It's kind of a fun place to go. And you could order the lasagna and kind of feel like you're, you're in Italy. Uh, and it, it really is kind of neat. And, of course, don't miss getting a cannoli for dessert. I think that's one of the highlights is a good cannoli. So that's, uh, that's another place that I, that I really like to go into and uh, just enjoy. Number 12. Next up on my list is a place that most people think of but don't really think of. You, you can, people talk about it. They love it. They, you know, they don't know about it, whatever. It's called the Yorkshire Fish and Chip Shop, and it's right at the end of the uh, UK Pavilion. So it's basically across from the main courtyard, and it's kind of tucked away a little bit right next to the Rose and Crown. All they make is fish and chips, nothing else. And it's a very traditional sort of fish and chips. It's a counter service. You walk up, you order, you pick it up at the window, and you go find a place to sit down. Nothing fancy. But it's got a very traditional nature to it. They do a nice job of creating something that's got the right richness of flavor in the, uh, in the fish. So it's a nice um, halibut or cod that they've caught. And uh, they, they batter up and fry right there in front of you. You can see the guys back there frying it right, right behind the, uh, the glass. And you can watch them doing it. They also do the chips. They're the nice thick-cut French fries, which is the way chips should be. And they're cooked, like, perfectly. And you get a little malt vinegar and you put it on there. Nice meal. It's an easy way to pick up a quick meal. And uh, it's really tasty. And, you know, what I like to do a lot of times is I will find a place somewhere along the World Showcase Lagoon where there's a little shade and a little table or just a bench. And I will sit down and I'll eat it there. And it's kind of nice. And once in a while, you can even find a table somewhere. Um, maybe somewhere over just past the Rosen Crown, there's a few tables there. You can sit out there and eat uh, and really just kind of enjoy it. It's kind of a neat thing to eat. Uh, I happen to like fish and chips. I don't like much fried food, but that's one of the pieces of fried food that I really enjoy. And so it's just a neat place to go, and that's why I put it on my list. Number 11. Next up is the Coral Reef Restaurant. The Coral Reef is actually inside of the uh, Living Seas Pavilion, or the Seas with Nemo and Friends, as it's called now. You actually go around to one side, and you go, in, and go inside the, uh, the restaurant. There is something kind of odd and amusing to me personally about eating fish when you're looking at a giant fish tank, but I really like it. For me, it's more about the ambiance than it is about the food itself. The food is good, don't get me wrong, but I really like the ambiance of sitting in this dining room right next to the fish tank. And if you're lucky enough to sit next to the fish tank, it's a lot of fun, or maybe one table over from it. It's a lot of fun because you can sit there and watch the fish swimming by. Sometimes there's a diver in the tank, and he'll wave or interact with you in some way. So that's always kind of neat. Some of their fresh-caught seafood is really good, and they prepare it very nicely. So it's a, it's a really good place to go, and I really enjoy 
having uh, happening into the uh, Coral Reef restaurant. Dave's top ten restaurants in Epcot. Number ten. Now we're getting into the uh, top ten, and I'm getting hungry. I don't know about you, but I, I'm feeling like I'm kind of hungry now. I could go for any of these places. So number 10 on my list is the Katsura Grill, which is in the Japan Pavilion up on the hill. If you kind of walk sort of toward the middle of the Japan Pavilion and walk up, you'll uh, see a building up there. Walk inside, and that's the Katsura Grill. It has uh, about 10 or 12 items on the menu, many noodles, some soups, a little bit of sushi, uh, a couple of stir-fried items and things like that. It's really a nice place to go, and it's got a little variety that makes it interesting. I really enjoy uh, just going in there and kind of experiencing it and uh, picking out some things. I find the food to be really tasty and nice, and there's some um, some really flavorful dishes that uh, that come out of this. This is Japanese quick service, and it's not unlike the Japanese sort of noodle stands you might find uh, at some different places around, let's say, Tokyo. So it's kind of neat in its own way because it's kind of familiar in that sense. If you've ever, if you've ever been to one of these stalls in Tokyo, you know what I'm talking about. It has a certain uh, feeling like that to a degree, or at least the food is similar in some ways. The feeling of the, of the restaurant itself is nice. You can sit out uh, inside the restaurant and uh, have, a, have a bite to eat if it's really hot. Me personally, I like to go outside and sit by the, um, the rock garden and uh, by the stream and actually just enjoy hearing the water running and looking around and enjoying the kind of sights as you sit there. It's a very kind of comforting and calming feeling when you're sitting out there and just having a bite to eat. So that's one of those places that I like to go primarily for that reason. Uh, Just sitting out there is what makes it interesting to me. Number nine. Next up on my list is the Akershus. And this is over in the Norway Pavilion. There is a character dining uh, experience that they have for breakfast. So the rest of the time, there are no characters there. But all of the time, it's a buffet. And you go up and you pick your foods and you sit down and you eat them. Now, really, the reason to go there is really for the breakfast buffet and to see the princesses. There's a number of different princesses that rotate through there. Uh, You'll see Belle and sometimes uh, Cinderella. I haven't heard about Anna and Elsa being there, but I imagine that they are or will be at some point. But you go in there and you experience that. And that's what makes it interesting. The food at lunch and dinner is a little more expensive and more or less, you know, what you would see at more American-type buffets. There are some Norwegian things that are on the menu, but I think more it's, it's geared toward an American audience. So I'm not as fond of the lunch and dinner, but the breakfast is really cute and clever, and being there with the princesses is kind of neat. So you can't beat the experience, and that's why I like this one and have it on the, on the list um, as high up as I do, because it's one of the few places you can actually go and have a character experience that's a little different and kind of fun. And I always like a breakfast buffet anyway. Those are always kind of neat because you can pick a lot of different things that you like. You know, if you happen to like a lot of bacon, you can get a lot of bacon. If you happen to like smoked salmon, and I do, you can definitely get that there because it's in the Norway Pavilion. So uh, something neat about that, and I really enjoy going in there. It's just a large dining hall where they have all these different uh, different things set up. Number eight. And next up, you have Les Boulangeries. And I'm sorry about my French accent, not the greatest. But anyway, I really like this place. Um, it's in the uh, obviously in the France Pavilion, and it's kind of set back a little bit. And there's actually two parts to it. There's the pastry part, and then there's the part where you can get something that's a little more savory. So the savory part has um, sandwiches, a few uh, different sort of um, uh, pie-type things, some soups and things like that. And uh, don't miss out on this because it's a really good experience. There's some really good food there, um, and uh, it's kind of fun to pick out something that you might enjoy. That is, if you can tear yourself away from the other side. The other side, of course, is all pastries. So you can get pretty much any French pastry you can imagine, 
And, you know, I've never had a bad pastry there, and I've never had a bad mousse there or anything else. I think it's really um, something very tasty. So what I like to do is I uh, pass through one, then pass through the other, and get something, and I got a nice meal. Yeah, it's not really a meal, I know. It's meal and dessert, but it's pretty good, and it's a lot of fun. So that's a really nice place to go, and you just take your food, and you can sit in the little uh, cafe area they have in the back. Or, of course, you can head out to the uh, promenade, and you can uh, sit out somewhere. You can find a table somewhere, or uh, just sit on a bench, and relax and enjoy, and just take in the uh, fresh air and the sunshine. If, it, if you're there on a nice day, it is kind of fun to just take like a sandwich outside and just sit down. And by the way, the croque monsieur that you can get there, which is basically a toasted ham sandwich, I think rivals the one that you can get the, at the Be Our Guest restaurant. So... Keep that in mind as you go in. Number seven. Next up, you have La Hacienda de San Angel. And uh, this is the one that's actually inside the pavilion. And this is a really neat place. Um, I like the fact that you're eating more or less authentic Mexican food. You're overlooking the Rio del Tiempo, which uh, is kind of neat. So you actually look over the Chichen Itza, and you're looking over the waterway, and you're having a nice meal. Um, I enjoy sitting in here and just kind of enjoy, uh, taking in the ambiance. It's a little loud because of the open-air atmosphere of the building itself, but it's a nice place to go and just have something to eat and really kind of enjoy the uh, the fact that you're in Mexico. And you really you kind of feel like you're in Mexico. A lot of the uh, dishes are fairly authentic, and you'll find a lot of interesting things there as you, uh, as you look over the menu. Number six. Next on my list is one that I think some people will find a little controversial. There's a little bit of a debate about this one, whether it's actually very good or not so good. And that is the Nine Dragons restaurant that you'll find at the China Pavilion. It's the sit-down indoor restaurant that they have there. It was remodeled uh, back in about 2008 or so, and it went under new management, and it was completely redesigned from the original restaurant they had there. Now, people say that it's not so authentic, that there's uh, maybe the food isn't so good, the service isn't so great, it's really the decor isn't so good. But what I find is, if you kind of go in with the expectation that you're going to get pretty good Chinese food that's kind of twisted toward an American palate, you'll find some things in there that you might really like. Now, you don't want to order the staples that you would find at the typical takeout Chinese restaurants. Don't order the sweet and sour chicken. Don't order things like that. Kind of go off the beaten path a little bit. This restaurant combines a number of different uh, cuisines from China, including Cantonese, Sichuan, Qiangqi and Mandarin. So you get really different flavors that you can get in there. So if you kind of take a little bit of a different approach to it and don't just order the things you might typically order at a Chinese restaurant, I think you'll find that you'll get some pretty good food and it's it's really pretty tasty. Now, just to be clear, the restaurant that they have outside that's the takeout window is completely different, not even close to this. Uh, so don't consider that in the same breath as this one. I like the restaurant. I think it's uh, very good. I think it's you know well well thought out, and I think the food is is pretty good. I mean, sometimes it's hard to good, find good Chinese food. I mean, really good Chinese food. We here in the West think of Chinese food in one way, but I think you need to kind of rethink it just a little bit and think about you know the flavors and some of the things that you can put together, and you know think about it as something different. And I think you'll really enjoy it. So I, I highly recommend it and suggest that you check it out. Dave's top five restaurants in Epcot. Number five. Next up is Le Cellier in the uh, Canada Pavilion. Now, this is one that you really need an advanced dining reservation for. The restaurant is a little bit on the small side, and it feels like you're inside sort of a wine cave when you're in there. Now, primarily, they focus on meats. Now, as you know, I'm not a meat eater. Uh, I don't eat beef. But I do find other things on the menu that I, that I can enjoy. There's always something on the menu that's more vegetarian-oriented, has chicken, has salmon, or, or some other fish. So I always find something that I can enjoy. 
And I just like the ambiance of the restaurant, and I think the food is extremely well prepared. So it's really very good. And I enjoy going in there. I think some people enjoy it uh, because of the meat, and the meat selection is very good. I'll give it that. I'm just not into it myself. Everyone I've talked to has said, wow, the meat selection is good. It's one of the best steaks you can get on property. So I think that's a tremendous thing. So I think it's a really good restaurant, and I think it's worthwhile going in and at least checking it out at some point. And if you're a meat eater, hey, what better choice is there than that? But uh, for me, I like the, uh, the fish dishes that they make. I think they're all pretty good. Number four. Next up is Tokyo Dining. Tokyo Dining is, of course, in the Japan Pavilion, and you'll find it on the second floor above the Mitsukoshi store. So you go up, and uh, this is a sit-down restaurant that serves a little bit of every kind of Japanese food. Everything from sushi to uh, bento boxes to some steaks to some noodle dishes to yakitori to pretty much anything you might think of in the Japanese palate. So go in there with an open mind and think about some of the things that you might be interested in and take a look at their menu. It's really pretty varied, and I think the food there is pretty good. It is very good Japanese food, and it's really tasty, and I really enjoy going in there. Plus, the service is top-notch. I really think that they do a nice job of making sure that you're comfortable and happy and uh, finding things that you like on the menu. You can always talk to them about things that you're interested in. Maybe you're not sure about sushi, but you want to try it out. They will make a California roll for you. That's not a problem. Or you can maybe go a little more adventurous if you want to. But uh, I really do like eating in there. It's just a nice, pleasant experience. Now, for me, sushi rolls is what I'm after. So I will order the chef's combo of sushi. I will always take that, whatever the chef feels like they want to prepare. There's always going to be some tuna and some salmon and probably some yellowtail in there. But you never know what the other things are going to be. Maybe some octopus, maybe some crab. You never really know. And that's what makes it kind of fun is the adventure of it a little bit. And that's why I like uh, one of the things I like about eating there. Number three. Next up is a little bit of an unusual choice, and it's the Kringla Bakery that's in the Norway Pavilion. This is a quick-service restaurant that's located on the left side of the main courtyard. So as you go in, you can kind of head in there, and uh, it's like a little counter service. You walk up, and it's uh, like a, almost like a buffet line where you walk up, and you, you see some things in the display that you can order, and they'll, uh, they'll serve them to you. Uh, and then you take them and find a table. Again, there's little tables. There's a couple of little tables inside, a number of tables outside, or you can take it further along. I've had the good fortune of being there a couple of times and actually uh, being able to sit outside near the end of the day and watch the uh, Illuminations fireworks going off. And that's kind of fun. It's, you can see most of the show from there, so it makes it okay. One thing that most people like there is the school bread, which is really a cardamom bread, almost like a cinnamon bread with some sort of uh, sweet sauce on top of it. It's like a, a vanilla glaze that they put on it. And I find it to be a little too sweet for my taste. I actually prefer getting like the smoked salmon that they have there. Uh, you'll often find like a smoked salmon roll. Uh, roll. Um, sometimes you'll find it in a sandwich. Uh, I think they vary the menu a little bit. But that's one of the things that I like. I kind of enjoy that. Now, there are some other pastries and stuff that I do enjoy. Uh, I can't remember the names off the top of my head. But as you look, walk through and you look, you never know exactly what you're going to find. And uh, you might find something that really captures your interest. Don't be afraid to ask behind the counter what it's like. They'll tell you. If uh, you're not sure what something is, you can just ask, and uh, they'll tell you all about it and whether they like it, and you can kind of decide for yourself whether you might be interested in it or not. But I like it because it's, it's kind of quick service and kind of fun because it's, a, it's something that you don't see every day. When you walk along through there, I mean, how many places can you go where you can go in and get some Norwegian food? There aren't many. So it's kind of neat to be able to just walk into somewhere and, and be able to get it and talk to people about the foods that are there. And that's one of the reasons that I really like the place. Number two. Next on my list is Via Napoli. Now, Via Napoli is basically a pizza restaurant. So what they have 
are just different pizzas that are more uh, Italian styles or the style of pizza that you might find in Napoli. So what they do is they take the, the pizza and they, they make it out in the dough, they add the sauce, they put pieces of cheese on it rather than shredded cheese, and they put it in their brick oven that's wood-fired, and they bring it out so it's got that crispy crust. It's very thin and it's kind of kind of burnt just a little bit. That's the way pizza should be. Honestly, that's my favorite kind of pizza. I do like other kinds, don't get me wrong, but that's the that's the one that really captures me. I think it's just got such a great, rich flavor to it because there's so many things happening that it makes it kind of fun. Now, one of the things that I like about this restaurant is the fact that they went off and they sourced water to actually truck into the uh, resort, and the water tastes very much in, like the water you might find in Naples, Italy. So when they uh, when they found it, they found water that has a similar chemical composition, so that way the dough tastes more like the... the uh, dough you might have if you were to make bread in Naples. So kind of interesting, and I think it's kind of important. um, Pizza making and bread making really have a certain art to them, and sometimes it's about the water you use and the proportions of the water and the the, uh, leavening agents you use and how you do it. All of those things can play into the overall flavor and texture of the pizza or the bread, and I think it's really important. And they're the sauce they use is very simple. It's just a tomato, a very simple tomato sauce with maybe a little olive oil and a few other spices, garlic and onion and whatever. But it's really pretty simple and it's very tasty, very light, and just has a nice flavor to it. And then their cheese is a very nice uh, mozzarella. So they do a nice job of putting it together and it really does have a great flavor. So just go in there, do yourself a favor and order just a, a, a plain pizza uh, with just cheese and sauce and they put a little basil on it and you'll be very happy. It looks like an Italian flag the way they do it with the uh, basil, the cheese and the sauce, the green, red and white. So that's what I have to say about it. I think that's a, it's a fun place to go and it's really good. Now there is a window for takeout pizza that's uh, right next to it. Don't be fooled. They don't make the same pizza there. The pizza they make in that window is your standard Disney style pizza, which is okay, but nothing like the pizza that you'll get inside the restaurant. And now, Dave's number one restaurant in all of Epcot. And then finally, at the top of my list, is the Tangerine Cafe. Now, you probably saw this one coming, because I've talked about the Tangerine Cafe as being one of my favorite restaurants at Disney property. This is the one in the Morocco Pavilion that uh, serves uh, basically platters of food. They have a lamb shawarma, and they have a chicken shawarma. And... You can also just get a vegetable uh, dish if you want, because a lot of their other uh, sides and accoutrements are all vegetable things. So you can get olives, and you can get uh, the uh, the pita bread, and you can get hummus, and you can get couscous, and you can get um, uh, tabbouleh, and other things, and they're all really good. And if you get the platter, it's tremendous. They give you a nice amount of food on the platter. Uh, personally, I can never decide whether I want the chicken shawarma or the lamb shawarma, because I like them both. And you, or you could get a combination, of course, and they give you all the other sides on there, and it's really a nice amount of food that you can sit there and just enjoy and eat and just, oh, just relish. It's a, it's a really fun meal because there's so many flavors. It's just packed with flavors, and there's, it's so good. And again, there's tables inside, tables outside, or you can take it somewhere else. You know, the great part about being at Epcot is you can walk along to somewhere else along the promenade and go sit down and uh, and eat somewhere else, or go into another little place where there's some tables set up, even if it's in another uh, country's pavilion, and sit there and eat. So you can just take it along with you and, and enjoy it. And it, it really is kind of fun. And that's one of the things that I really like about Epcot, is that you can kind of enjoy different places. Um, you know, you could get something at one place, and your kids, or your wife, or your husband, or whatever, can get uh, food somewhere else, and you can all meet up somewhere and eat. That's one thing you can always do, and I, I always kind of like that. So it gives a lot more variety and a lot more choices. 
Plus, it's kind of fun sometimes to do a little sharing, a little sampling type of thing where you go in and maybe you order a sampler platter from one place, then you go to another place and order a sampler platter, and everybody tries a little bit of everything. It's a kind of a fun way to do it. So there you go. Those are my top 20 restaurants throughout Epcot. Some are in World Showcase, some are in the Future World part of Epcot, and some are counter service and some are table service. It really depends on your mood and what you're interested in. This is my list. Like I said, it's entirely on me. This is, these are the things that I like. doesn't mean that everybody would like them, but I highly recommend you try them. Give it a shot the next time you're there. Make a couple of advanced dining reservations. Look at the menus online and see what you might like. That's, that's my best advice I can give you. See if something might be of interest to you. There are restaurants I don't like because I don't like the menus, and the ambiance of the restaurant is not quite enough to offset what they do for food. So it's kind of a balance sometimes. Like I said, some of them I just really like the food. Some of them I like the atmosphere. Some of them I like you know, the show they put on, basically. It really depends on the restaurants and what they do. But there you go. That would be the, the list that I like and the things that I enjoy. And I hope that you'll, you'll check some out. As I said, go ahead and tell me which ones you like. I'd like to hear what people think about some of the top 20 that I put out there. What's your number one? What's your number, number five? Just curious to see what people think. Well, that's my podcast for this week. I hope you've enjoyed it. And remember, if we can dream it, we really can do it. Bye now. Thank you for tuning in to the Disney View Podcast. We hope you had a pleasant stay and arrive home safely. Please remain seated until your ride vehicle stops completely. Then, gather your personal belongings and step out onto the moving platform. And yes, I know it went by so quickly, but don't worry. One of the nice things about traveling on this podcast is that the journey is just beginning. Show notes are available on DisneyWorldPodcast.net. While there, please check out some of our affiliates. You'll also find links to Dave's iPhone and iPad apps. There's an app for pin trading, one for finding hidden Mickeys, and an app for finding and tracking pressed pennies around the Walt Disney World Resort. And you never know just what Dave is working on next. If you have questions, feel free to drop Dave an email at davesdisneyview at gmail.com. Original music you're hearing in this podcast is Oslo Doom by Gilberto Gil. Of course, this is a fan podcast and in no way affiliated with the Walt Disney Company.